You can't count it. It may be their very last breath that's doing it, or losing natural body water as they deteriorate. Duncan waved his hand at the critic. We've monitored and accounted for body water. It does not drop as quickly as the final moment I've measured. As for their last breath... Duncan clambered onto the table to lay down and adjusted his lab coat around him. He took a dramatically deep breath and exhaled as forcibly as possible to prove a point. His assistant looked at the scale and confirmed. No change in weight. The scientist on the table then looked over to the critic, who then briskly tipped his hat and exited the building. Dr. Duncan McDougall lay there on the metal slate fuming. He was under siege by the scientific community as a quack grasping at scientific straws. Duncan MacDougall wanted to prove the human soul had weight and consisted of tangible matter. The metal slab he sat upon was a highly sensitive scale, as best they could construct during the year 1901. After studying six patients, Dr. Duncan McDougall found that at the moment of an individual's death, they dropped an immediate 21 grams of weight. My question isn't about the difference of weight, Dr. McDougall discovered, but rather to pose a question against the findings. If 21 grams of matter, assumed to be the human soul, were to lift out of a body at the time of death, where do all 21 grams of matter go? Are they the first traceable vestiges of ghosts who wander around us? I'm Tasha Wheelhouse, and this is Copper Shock. The following story was submitted by a subscriber. My wife and I recently got married about four months ago. We each had our own car when we met. As we got closer to the wedding and buying a home, we made the decision together to sell my car. Her car had lower monthly payments and insurance cost. By having one vehicle, it helped us to afford monthly payments for a mortgage. Sharing her car wasn't terrible, but it wasn't a confidence boost either. It was a simple car that got us around, and for the time, that's exactly what we needed. Our income was enough to get by, but we wanted more security. My wife had begun to apply for positions around town and wasn't having much luck, until a fluke interview at a company she wasn't looking at decided to hire her. She would be earning nearly double what she was now. We were both over the moon. The one problem... The commute was a minimum of an hour one way. Sometimes two, if traffic was bad. We had just the one car. At first, we attempted to drop me off at work around 7am so she could make the commute. It was awful. I then made the compromise to drive her up in the mornings and pick her up from the train station at night. That worked out better. I would at least have the car during the day and could go home if there was an emergency with the dog or if my workload allowed me to leave early. The day of the event, work was a grind. I had been rejected for two of my proposals, and something I had pitched to management six months ago was regurgitated by someone else, and he was praised for it. Management asked us why the team hasn't come up with this before. I felt my temples pulse. The reports I needed to run that day had issues so badly it put me three hours of work behind. 
I was not having a good day, to say the least. Furthermore, I lost so much track of time, I looked at the clock and realized my wife would be on the train platform in under 15 minutes. And my poor dog had not been let out all day, due to my scheduling being filled up with last-minute tasks at work. I picked up my cell phone and called my wife, who was still on the train. Hello? Hi, honey. I'm on my way to the house right now to let the dog out into the backyard. Oh, okay. We just pulled into the station, so I'll see you in a bit. Love you. Love you, too. Bye. Hanging up the phone, I was about to hop into my car to go home. I was still fuming about the day's earlier events. I opened my back door, and my little dog hopped out happily, squatting down into the grass. When she was done, I distractedly told her to hop into the back seat. Let's go pick up mommy, I told her, patting her head. I started the car and pressed it into gear, pulling out into the street. I intended to make the trip to the station as short as possible. From my house to the station, there is a long downward hill. I saw ahead of me at the bottom a street light. I was picking up speed when on my right side, a girl stepped out into the street. I was startled, but she made direct eye contact with me. Her facial expression was blank, almost like she didn't care about the car about to hit her. I yelped in surprise, trying to move my car in time. It wasn't enough, and I knew it. I was about to clip her with the right headlight of my little sedan. I felt a split second of dread, waiting to feel my car buck or at least rattle from hitting what looked like a 14-year-old girl. I passed right through her. I slowed the car down, looking ahead in disbelief. My mind was no longer on my bad day, hurrying to pick up my wife, or even if my car was okay. What did I just see? My driving senses were on full mode now. As I drove into the intersection at the bottom of the hill, a car opposite me began to turn into me. I skidded my car out of the way, feeling the back right tires slide on the asphalt. That car in the intersection nearly hit me as well. I don't have a terrible driving record, and all inside two minutes I was nearly hit twice. I pulled into the station, shaken, as my wife walked up. Pulling open the passenger door, she slid in, adjusting herself by taking off her gloves and warming her hands up to the car heater. Crank it up, I'm freezing. Something just happened to me. I've had a really bad day. I was not concentrating when I was driving. There was a girl in a white dress that walked peacefully into the street. I should have hit her, but I didn't. Then, not even 45 seconds later, a different car almost hit me. If I wasn't paying full attention to the road, it would have hit me. So, is it a ghost or an angel? My wife smiled. I just don't know. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe if you enjoyed this, as I release stories here weekly at Coppershock. They may be based on true events or fictional. This recording is available on podcast. Please check out any additional content on our Coppershock Facebook page. I'll see you next week.